Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. I was talking with Pastor Bryson, I think it was probably about a week and a half ago, something like that. He was giving me the Wednesday night, thank you. And the scripture that he designated for me about rhythms of rest and a weekly rhythm of rest, which is the Sabbath, was a scripture that the Lord quickened to me in my days at the University of Minnesota. I am from Minnesota. Okay, you betcha. And <laughs> let's just stop. We'll just stop. We'll just stop. We'll just stop. <laughs> I confuse some of the people some of the time. Um, but it is a scripture that I've tried to live by for, it'll be coming up close to 40 years. The Lord has sustained me. Yeah, that's right. I'm an old man now. But we have an eternal God and he has sustained me. And, uh, you know, I do thank the Lord for this church and the opportunity to, to do mission from here and to do what we're doing in Latin America and really all around the world. That, that little phrase that we have, reaching a city to touch the world, that's not just a little, that's not a fantasy out there, but that's, that's what we all are a part of as we pray, as we give, as we go. Anyway, let's get into the scripture here. Isaiah 58, starting verse 13. Isaiah, the prophet that prophesied about Jesus that would come. Isaiah, you know, 53 was the suffering servant and Isaiah 58 talks about a true fast. And then the last couple verses, these are the verses that the Lord quickened to me. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly. You can see just in that verse 13, there's if, if, if. That's a condition. If you do this, then... That's the promise in verse 14. Then you will take your delight in the Lord. I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Lord, we do thank you for your word. I pray that it would quicken, that you would do in each hearer's heart, even those watching online, do similar to what you did to me, Lord. Each one in their own way, God, that you would call us into a greater rest in you and even a greater fruitfulness, a greater, deeper love for you. And so, so I saw this verse, it, it, like I say, it was quickened to me as a student. Now, my primary vocation at that time was to be a student. And, so that, and that little primary vocation, just think about that in your own context. What is your own context? So I was a student. So the Lord challenged me to not study on Sundays. So what that meant was when there was an assignment that was due on Monday, everybody else was out partying on Saturday and then they'd kind of cram and get, you know, and then Sunday was there, like, I got to study, the pressure's on. Well, I, I was challenged by the Lord to have the foresight to, you know, those Monday assignments to actually do those on Saturday. And so Saturday when everybody else is out, doing what they do on the college campus on Saturday. We won't get into that, but I was studying. And then on Sundays, and I would just take a day of rest and wouldn't study. 
course, now the temptation is there. I got to, you know, it's like you got to reach out and it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I got to make it happen. It depends upon me. And, you know, I've got to be the one. But the Lord just kind of said, just like it says here, turn your back, your foot from the Sabbath, doing your own pleasure, what I would like to do or what I think that I need to do. I need to prove that I'm God, that I need to make it happen. And then the threefold promise in verse 14, you will take delight in the Lord. How many people start out with the Lord and they end up like the church in Ephesus, who is written about in the book of Revelation where you've lost your first love. But I, I think that the Lord has sustained me in the sense that you take your delight in the Lord. And you still, in my case, 40 years later, I'm still delighting myself in the Lord. And then it also says, make you, make you ride on the heights of the earth. What that speaks to me is that, that we would ride above and not beneath. It's like you feel that you're overwhelmed and it's always overwhelming and it's always overwhelming and there's always too much to come upon you and you can never get ahead. But I, I do think that if we seek first, there's, a, there's a, a parallel in many different ways. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. You know, so there's riding on the heights of the earth and then I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. What that speaks to me about is that you will fulfill God's plan for your life. You don't have to strive in your own strength, but if you, you work six days, you rest one day, take your delight in the Lord, you'll ride on the heights, you'll be above, not beneath, and you will fulfill. Now, what I'd like to do when we talk about the Sabbath, it can, it can get misinterpreted. I think it has, because we can come into a, even a works mentality. You know, are we saved by keeping the law? No, we're not saved by keeping the law. We're saved by by God's grace. But let's just look through biblically a little bit the history of the Sabbath. If we start in Genesis chapter, one, chapter 2, actually, I think we've got it here. Genesis chapter 1 talks about the, you know, the creation. God said on the first day, God said there was morning and God saw that it was good, created man in his image after his likeness. He said, be fruitful, be, you know, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. I've given you the seeds, the plants, every seed and the plant is in there. And then in chapter two, it says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. He rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, when it says that God rested, it's not that God was tired. God is all powerful. You know, and he created by speaking. God said, let there be light. There was a God said, let there be a firmament. God said, so he, it's not like he was tired. He is God. You know, what does that mean? He rested. You know, it's, if God is bigger than us. Does he need to rest? How does that? He was refreshed, some others would say. But either way, he blessed that seventh day. And then if you go into the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus is when they exit out of Egypt you know, Genesis goes through, there's four events and there's four main characters. There's creation, there's the fall, there's the flood, there's the Tower of Babel, and then there's four main characters who are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Joseph. And now Joseph goes into Egypt you know, because there's, there's famine, there's prosperity, then there's famine, and not all the children of Israel, this, there were 70 that went, and then 400 years later, there's a gazillion of them. 
and they're in slavery. Now Moses takes them out of slavery. It's a parallel to us being brought out of Egypt, out of the world. And then they come up to the waters of the Red Sea. We come up to the waters of baptism. And then they're in this desert. Now, if you're in a desert, a dry time, that's not God's rejection. It's not God's abandonment. It's God's preparation for something. But they're in this desert. They don't have any food. God says in Exodus chapter 16, he says, Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 4, he said, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So this manna, it's really special because it would last one day. And then the next day, it'd get worms in it. Except for on the sixth day, that would... Now you go figure that out. How does that chemically work? How does the manna know that it's the sixth day or the fifth day? How does that... Well, God is God. And he's testing to see if you'll trust in that. Can you trust? So this is now the second time there that, that there's this principle of the Sabbath. And so when we get to the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, the, the fourth commandment, it says remember. It's the only one that says remember because it's the one that's strongest in the sense of being emphasized or having already something to remember. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Exodus uh, 20, yeah, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. I always taught my children the Ten Commandments. And I, when I get to number four, remember. Do you remember what number four is? Do you remember? Do you remember? Remember the Sabbath. Then I get to number five and I'd say, my son, my son, honor your father and your mother. A little trick that I used anyway. Off the subject here. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days the Lord made to heaven and earth. And then we can see here in this, in this version of the Ten Commandments in verse 11, six days the Lord made the heaven and earth. He is the creator. And then I don't know if we should get into, Pastor Dave, should I get into Numbers, numbers 15 where they, where they kill a Sabbath breaker? We won't talk about that one. Let's just go on to the, we'll skip that one. We'll skip over that one. It only happened once. They learned. We'll go ahead to Deuteronomy. You didn't hear that. That was a private conversation. You heard nothing. It's breaking up. It's breaking up. Deuteronomy 5. This is a, re this is a repeat of the law. And this one is interesting because, you know, they've been in the wilderness for 40 years. They're about to go into the promised land, but they're repeating the second reading of the law, Deuteronomy chapter 5. It says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy for as the Lord your God has commanded you. That observe, it's like you have to protect it. You have to guard it. Like when I was a student and all those assignments were just yelling at me. You know, you got you to you take care. And, and I'll say some things. I'm a, I'm a full-time vocational pastor. And so my primary vocation, you're going to have to apply this to your vocation. You know, it might be if you're a real estate agent, if you're, you know, I know there's difficulties. It might be, you know, we take, we take Fridays off. I really start on Thursday about, you know, from sundown to, to sunup, Thursday night into Friday. And I don't want to you know, push this legalistic, well, the pastor said, I got to do this to be accepted by God. No, you're accepted by God through Jesus Christ. 
This is, a, this is a discipline that we can do for our good. It's not a discipline we do so that we become good and righteous before God. You have, to, you have to hear that because when we talk about reading the Bible, we don't read the Bible to be accepted by God. We are accepted by God through Christ. As we read the Bible, we are strengthened. And this is for our good. And so, and even like we were in Mexico. So I'm a full-time vocational minister. Friday's my day off. So what does that mean? I'm, what does that mean when I'm on mission? Well, I'm on mission and, you know, we catch up to it later. You know, there's different times and there's different seasons. And so you can't, you can't get under condemnation because, but let's just continue. Remember that you were a slave, verse 15, remember you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And so this one, the Lord is emphasizing that he's the redeemer. In the first giving of the law in Exodus 20, he talks about, I'm the creator. Remember, in seven days, six days, I rested. And this one, he's talking about he is the redeemer. And God is the redeemer as well. Of course, when we get, excuse me, when we get into Jesus' day, the Pharisees were so strict. I mean, they had made up like 39, 40 different laws. You can do this. You can't do this. And it's, it was almost, they were, they were looking to attack Jesus. Would he heal on the Sabbath? Would he do, you can't do this. Come on another day to be healed. It's a miracle. I mean, this woman has been bound for 18 years. It's a miracle. And you're criticizing her because she did. Come on. You know, that's just not. And, and what, I, what I found, it's, you know, sometimes on my Sabbath, what I'll do is I'll just rest. And then to justify my laziness, I'll study about the Sabbath. <laughs> Do you imagine doing that for every week for 40 years? You get quite a richness about the Sabbath. And after my third nap, I'm doing real well. <laughs> now, we, you laugh with me, but I think we do need a day. You need a day where you can say to yourself, you can say to God, I am not God. My career, my finances, my studies don't depend upon me, they depend upon God. I'm going to take one day, I'm not going to engage my primary vocation. I was talking with Pastor Bryson, he said, he said would, would you mow your lawn on your day of rest? Now, I would because mowing my lawn for me is relaxing and it's almost like therapeutic. However, if I had a landscaping business, then I would not. And I, what I do personally, I try to, if I'm going to do some things around the house, I, you know, yeah, I can do that. But hopefully I don't have this mentality that I have to do it that day. So if I don't get to it, it'll get done the next day, hopefully. Hopefully. You know, hopefully we've got enough white space in our calendars where we can do stuff like that. Because if you're running with so little white space of free time that you're go, 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 that if anything should interrupt you, it's like you can go for that way for a week, for a month, but after a while, you just physically, you just wear out. Just wear out for your own good. Please, please. Take, take some time and trust. That. What was that first song? I trust you. I rest in you. I'm confident in you. It's a trust that if I work six days and I work hard, 
No, I grew up on a dairy farm. So we'd have to milk the cows 367 days a year. Twice a day. Now they do it three times a day. And, and I know my, my dad at that time, what he would do, his day of rest, you'd have to milk the cows in the morning and you have to milk the cows in the afternoon and you have to feed them, you have to eat. So on his day of rest, that would only be about a six or eight hour day. But then as far as I know, you know, even during harvest time, the other projects, you know, we got to fix the tractor, we got to, we got to, even during harvest time, he would like not do that. You know, so, and again, you're going to have to figure this out according to your primary vocation. Okay, you got to hear that. And I don't mean to be legalistic. Like I said, we take Fridays because for us as ministers, the day of Sunday, that's a, that's a pretty heavy day for us. Okay. And I know that like restaurants and, you know, medical professionals and things like that, you've got to, you've got to work. To, but hopefully you can get a rhythm where you can take, you know, one day a week and you can just don't engage your primary vocation and you can just relax. You don't have to be. Let's just go through this. I've got some prohibitions, the things that Israelites didn't do on the Sabbath. They didn't do. First of all, they didn't gather manna. We've seen that. They didn't kindle a fire. Talks about that in Exodus. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, what it means for me in my primary vocation, I try not to kindle a fire in my conversation, even that I would converse about things that would make me add. Now, on those other six days, yes, I will plan. Yes, I will be, you know, we will be, you know, we got to go, go, go. Those other six days, I'm working. The commandment is six days, you shall work. And one day, you shall rest. So on that seventh day, you don't need to be stirring things up. Just, just, and what I found is if I just, if I don't, you know, do any planning, I'm not in my profession, then I'm not, I'm not preparing messages. I'll get into the, to the word as a Christian, you know, so if you're, I'm thinking about, you know, I don't know an example, maybe, and I might, you know, be wrong on this. If you're a real estate agent, that, me, that might mean that you're not making all those calls and all, on just one day. Pick one day where you don't have to do that. Go, 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 go. Pick one day. You know, hopefully we can get a, in a rhythm. And again, I don't want to condemn people. I don't want to, but you just got to find out and, and listen to the invitation of the Lord to come away and to rest. Another thing they didn't do is they didn't carry a burden. Jeremiah 17 Thus says the Lord, take care for the sake of yourselves and do not bear a burden on the Sabbath or bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem. Do not carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath. That, that carry a burden, what is that burden that you would have in your primary vocation? Is there a day that you can just step back and trust the Lord, not carry that? What they, what they didn't do, well, this is another one. They didn't want to put spices on Jesus' body. When he, would, when he had died, they, they hurried up. Which that one, it tells me about something that I discovered in my days of laziness and days of going deep in. There's this day called the day of preparation, which is the day before the Sabbath. And so f the day before your Sabbath, what you do is you work really hard and you know that you've got a time limit because after, you know, in my case, let's say six o'clock on Thursday, maybe you're, if your Sabbath is on Sunday, that means your day of preparation, either Friday or maybe Saturday, where you're going to work really, really hard so that you can pull back with a clear conscience, knowing that you have done everything you could do, and it's like you come to, and then you just know that you can just drop it. 
If we don't have a day where we're not going to do anything, then it's like, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just do it tomorrow. And you don't push yourself that, that day of preparation. That was a little, that was a little. Now, a lot of things that they did do on the Sabbath. This is a longer list, especially when Jesus, when he ran into the Pharisees, things that they did do. He did heal the sick. You know, we did do, we can't do ministry. He did, he helped someone pull their sheep out of a hole. Water your livestock. You know, all these different things. Water your livestock. Eat grain picked on the Sabbath. Jesus taught in the synagogue, cast out a demon. You know, so we're still Christians. And if, so, if somebody else initiates something, then yeah, we'll respond, okay? If somebody else initiates, but I'm not going to take initiative on things on my, day, on my day of rest, okay? Eat grain, teach in the synagogue. This, this one dude, he, Jesus said, rise up, take up your pallet and walk. And then they criticized him because he was carrying his pallet. They circumcised a baby. They would do that on the day of Sabbath. They would travel a Sabbath day's journey. They even had a, you know, a distance. Now, they'd get real legalistic about it and all kinds of extra laws. And stuff. No, I don't want to get into that. And again, it's a, it's a conviction. And I think, I think for me, it's like every time on the Sabbath, there's things that I would like to, to reach out to because this depends upon me. It's like you, you reach out to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that forbidden tree, and it's like there's, a, there's always a temptation. Well, I got to check my email. Well, I got to answer this. Well, I got to, there's that temptation to carry a burden. There's a temptation. But then what, what I found is that when I just pull back and I say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to wait. It'll, it'll, it will survive 24 hours until you come back to it. And what I've seen, too, is that during that time of rest and pulling back, the Lord will give me wisdom as to how to, how to tackle that. It's almost like the Lord causes you to, to ride, above, like the promise out of Isaiah, you ride above, and all of a sudden you're overseeing the forest, almost like from a helicopter. You've been chopping trees with your axe, and you've been getting tired. You take a rest, and it's almost like the Lord pulls you up in a hot air balloon, or a helicopter, all of a sudden you can see and you've got some new wisdom as you just, you just pull back. And again, I, you know, I don't want to get into all kinds of, can I do this or can I not do this? A lot of it you're going to have to determine before the Lord. I do encourage us all to take one day where you're not like, go, 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 go. It depends upon me. I'm my savior. I'm my provider. I've got to make it. And just take a day and just trust God where you declare, I am not God. And my last, my last scripture, as I get, let's just go to this last scripture out of Matthew 11. It says, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I think that's the invitation. So much competition, so much go, 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 go. Come unto me, take my yoke upon you learn from me it's like when two oxen were put in under one yoke they would walk together jesus invites us to to be yoked with him learn from me i am gentle lowly in heart it's not a it's not an overbearing commandment 
that if you fail in the smallest little thing, then you're rejected and pushed away. It's, a, it's really an invitation to come into the rest of the Lord with a rhythm, you know, one day a week. And again, every, every profession, every vocation is going to have some different expression of that. I've given, you know, some examples. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for his yoke, his invitation. Walking with him is easy. His burden, his burden, not my burden that I'm the savior of myself and I have to make this happen. His burden is easy. His burden is light. Amen. Pastor Day, Pastor Bryson, you've, you've, you've had some rhythms of rest and you've had some rhythms of how you've been running these. Give us some next steps or I, I got two babies my rhythms of rest look a lot different than yours your rest uh, yeah my, my rhythms of rest still give you bags under my eyes but it's, 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 you bags it's a rest under in the Lord they, they don't they don't really promote a lot of physical rest but there's times and there's seasons that times and seasons baby thank you pastor Philip thank you really seriously thank you I, I will tell you, I've, I love this series so much so far. Uh, Pastor Delvin did a great job. Whoever preached right before that was just amazing, phenomenal. That was me. Um, but, <laughs> but really, um, and, and I'll tell you what won't change your life is walking away and going, man, that was a really great sermon, wasn't it? Uh, what, what won't change your life to, you know, to any of these weeks is, man, wasn't that great? What will change your life is giving it a shot. Um, and so you have, uh, hopefully, I, I know it's a great turnout tonight. You, there was more people than there were uh, cards or papers. So if you got uh, a paper, it has two concentric circles. Uh, one says a daily rhythm and one says a weekly rhythm. And if you don't, then it's okay. If you just have a piece of paper, you can draw two circles. Um, and so we've sort of been throughout this series, and we're going to continue to do it, uh, just giving different habits a test drive. Because if we go, I think it's about a six-week series, if we get to the end and, and you know, we're, we're shooting for six whole new things we've never tried before, now I'm saying I'm going to read 10 chapters a day of the Bible, I'm going to pray for an hour a day, I'm going to rest one day a week, I'm going to, you know, monitor my screen time, I'm going to this, that, it, it's, you'll probably have a great week and then it's just going to fail. And so it's not, the whole point is not to give you six new habits is to test drive some of these uh, because like we've been saying, you know, big doors turn on small hinges and big ships turn on small rudders. But putting some of these things in place uh, and, and giving it a test drive, giving it a shot to say, is this something that I can do continually in my life? Uh, and, you know, ultimately change the trajectory uh, of, of my life and my relationship with God, creating a heart that's postured towards God and open to transformation. So what we're going to do uh, in the last couple minutes of our service uh, is actually some immediate application. Uh, and so there's some different kind of domains that we're going to be talking about. Uh, there's a graph that I think is going to come up behind me just to kind of spark, spark some thoughts. Uh, but we're going to be talking about this series, um, rhythms of prayer, rhythms of uh, reading your Word, rhythms of fellowship, rhythms of worship, rhythms of rest, rhythms uh, surrounding your screen time and media. Uh, today we talked about rest, but we're going to take about five minutes uh, and on your paper, uh, you know, write something I want to test drive this week. So maybe this week is I'm going to have a real Sabbath. Maybe a whole day is just not going to happen this week. Say, I'm going to take five hours of my day off. I'm going to take 
this, that, or the other, whatever's realistic, uh, you know, make it happen this week. And then daily, maybe it's, I'm going to try and read my Bible uh, one chapter a day. It's, I'm going to, you know, pray X amount of times a day or, or whatever it might be, but take about five minutes. Uh, and so write it uh, for the first minute or so, and then find somebody who you're sitting next to or sitting close to and tell them what the habits you are going to give a test drive to this week. Uh, something daily and something weekly. Make it doable, make it fun because God's going to change your life. I promise. Let's just, uh, we'll have five minutes. We'll get a nice little, some mood music uh, going and then I'll be right back with you in five minutes. Uh, and then and we'll close service.
You had 90 seconds remaining. 90 seconds. One minute and 33 seconds, actually. So, well, 90 seconds now, because I took three seconds to say that. Just take about 30 more seconds. You get a bonus 30 seconds. continue those conversations after uh, we dismiss. Um, but I, I will just tell you, I mean, that was, that was an amazing sermon, Pastor Philip. That was amazing. But does anybody remember what was preached on the second Sunday of July in 2021? Neither do I. It, I'm sure it was great, and I'm sure it was fantastic. What will not change your life is, man, wasn't that a great sir? Pastor Philip said something. What will change your life is, man, remember last October? I just started making a shift. I looked at my day off differently. I looked at my day off not as a chance for me to rest. Yes, to rest, not as a chance for me to do whatever I want. Yeah, to have freedom, but as a chance to make a physical statement that I am not God, and the world doesn't revolve around me, and the world can function without me. It makes a big difference. And so you just had a, a five-minute conversation. Uh, and so I want to hear a couple of rhythms that we're taking on a test drive this week. Jenny, what are you doing this week? What's, what's a rhythm, whether we're daily or weekly, you're going to give a test drive this week, whether it's Sabbathy or not?
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being intentional about uh, how your day off is spent, uh, because if you leave it to happenstance, uh, it, it will be 3 p.m. and you're still watching Netflix. Um, it, it just, it, because we're left to our own devices, uh, we just do that. We're, we're not uh, naturally intentional people, so treating your day off intentionally is super good. Uh, okay, over here, what is a rhythm that we're test driving uh, this week as Pastor Dave brings the mic? Mm -hmm. To whoever he gives it to. Um, for me, uh, I had actually three things, but uh, one thing for me is uh, evening prayer. Uh, first thing when I wake up in the morning, I look at my devotion, I pray, I meditate, but in the evenings, just because of family coming from work and all that stuff, I, I don't really take that time to connect with the Lord like I do in the morning. Mm -hmm. So being intentional in, in doing that. So Huge evening prayer. Because... Your day starts last night, um, and when you set your set, you know you're, you're spending six to eight hours doing something dedicated to God is 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 awesome. Um, front row, either one of you, what's a rhythm that we're test driving this week? We're giving because all you, with all this stuff, whatever you wrote, you're just giving it a week. You know, you're not committing to the rest of your life. No one's gonna come six months from now and go, how's that still go? We're just giving it a week. We're seeing how seeing how it works. Um. I'm studying for a really big exam because uh, I want to go to med school. So I study every day and I work 40 hours a week. So I definitely don't rest on the Sabbath. And I think the reason why I feel like the road runner where my wheels are spinning but I'm going nowhere is because I'm not honoring the Sabbath and I'm not spending that quality time with God. I pray in the morning. I read my devotional, but I feel like God is requiring more of me and to trust him and release that process to him if I really want to see improvement, so. That's amazing. That's a, that's a real-time example of saying, I am not God of my studies. The world can go on without me. Okay, one more. This can just be volunteer. You don't need to be voluntold. What's the rhythm you're trying uh, this week? And then that's gonna be the last one. Just shout it from the mountaintops, and we'll give you a microphone so you don't need to shout. Uh, or, or you will be told. Um, all right, w one of the digs. What's the rhythm we're trying this week? I said for weekly, I want to do a personal communion. So just take communion in my personal time on a the, on the weekly basis. It's amazing. That's a great one. That's a, that's a really good one. Awesome. Well, fortunately, you talked to somebody about what you're going to give a shot this week. Uh, and so you have somebody who heard uh, that you're going to give it your best shot. And if you get a couple days in, it's a slow start, or, or you know, you, maybe you fumbled the ball once or twice, like, that's okay. We're practicing. This is, this is a test drive. Like, this is, we're just giving it a shot. So get back in the game. Get back on the horse because uh, I really believe that these small differences, uh, small changes are going to make a big difference in the end. So, Lord, bless your people as we go. God, thank you that you are the difference maker 
It's not us and our efforts. God, religion is not going to save us. Habits are not going to save us. But God, we want to make tangible changes to posture our hearts towards you so you can do the transformation in us that we desire. God, we want to be everything you want us to be. God, we want to be people sold out for you, on fire for you. God, we want to change the world, not out of our own pride or ego or brand, but God, we want to see your name lifted high. God, we want to see every tribe, every tongue magnifying the name of Jesus. Jesus. And so help us position our lives in a way, structure our lives in a way that keeps you in the priority seat, the decision maker, the true Lord of our life. You already are Lord of the universe, but God, we bring our lives in submission to that truth that you are Lord. So God, help us. Help us, O creator of the human experience. God, help us live lives of flourishing and help us live lives pointed and postured towards you that we could see the change that we desire and you desire. In the name of Jesus, we say together, amen.